Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Chris Geis. So, you want to ride a motorcycle better, faster, safer, with more skill and confidence? Or do you want to ride a motorcycle for the first time? Or ride again after taking a break from riding? Well, the purpose of my podcast is to help grow the sport of motorcycling by helping riders of all levels, whether they are new to motorcycling or not, increase their knowledge and skills so that they are better, smarter, safer riders and are getting everything they want out of motorcycling, whether it's on the street, on the track, or maybe even as a fan or a participant in some form of motorcycle racing. My game is to help all motorcyclists up their game. This is episode 45 titled Racing with Mayoko Moto. In this episode, I have an awesome chat with Mayoko Wu, who makes her living as a nurse specializing in wound care, but who also spends many of her weekends as a track day rider and amateur motorcycle racer. Mayoko started riding motorcycles on the street in 2015, started doing track days a year later, and with the encouragement and support of some very good track friends, including Dave Moss from Dave Moss Tuning, she started club racing in the AFM the American Federation of Motorcyclists. Mayoko also recently started her own social media channel, Mayoko Moto, to help support her passion to encourage and support more people, especially women, to try motorcycling, track day riding, and racing. This episode was recorded on Monday, May 18th, 2020, and is being published on Monday, May 25th, 2020. I hope you enjoy it. So, you want to ride a motorcycle? Well, you've come to the right place. Because this is the So You Want to Ride a Motorcycle Podcast. My special guest tonight is Miyoku Wu. And uh, I, I, I told her I was going to read the description that she has on her Facebook page because I, I think it's really awesome. When I read it, I was like, wow, it's such a nice, concise statement of, of a little bit about what she's about and what she's trying to do. So it says she's a female motorsport addict and amateur road racer living in the Bay Area. She loves everything motorcycle and two wheels and wants to bring and encourage more women to get into this sport. She said, this is my passion. This is my life. So, Miyoku, that, that is just an awesome statement. I guess that pretty much wraps it up, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I, I think so. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's really cool. Um, and I saw that, uh, so, so you have your, your Facebook page, which is Miyoko Moto. Uh, you've got, it looks like over 11,000 followers now. So you've got like a really good following. Oh, awesome. I didn't even yeah. realize. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, wow, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. How, how long have you had that page up and running? Um, I feel like the Facebook page I probably made maybe a month and a half ago. Um, it was more, I started on the Instagram. Unfortunately, I don't have that many followers on Instagram. (laughs) Okay. Well, everything in time and and who knows? I mean, I don't, you know, I think on Instagram, I've got a couple hundred, maybe 350 followers. I think Facebook, I've got 1500 so you're you're like 10 times ahead of me which is awesome but hey i'll I'll help bring you whatever whatever followers i can do uh do you do you still have the purple hair i do still have okay. the purple hair through this so, covid yeah I, I, i'm i'm guessing that 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 in of itself probably attracts more followers than you know i'm like an, an old dude in my 50s so it's like it's not people are not as interested <laughs> i am keeping the purple hair for a little bit until yeah. you everything opens up so we'll yeah 
<laughs> so uh, how, how long have you been riding motorcycles? Not long, actually. I started in 2015, so it's about to be five years, coming up in July. Right. Cool. Yeah, so you're actually a year ahead of me. I was a l- little bit of a late bloomer. It took me a while to find motorcycling. Um, I know when you and I were chatting initially, I guess Facebook Messenger or something, I mentioned my girlfriend's actually the one that got me interested because she had ridden motorcycles you know, years ago when she was like in her you know, late 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 teens, early twenties. And she got away with it after she started a family and stuff and she wanted to try it again. And so that, I don't know, I, I, I went to the motorcycle safety foundation class with her and I just got hooked. So I oh. just, uh, ride, ride whenever I get a chance, you know, started the podcast because like you, I'm, I'm really interested in getting more people into the sport. I think it's really cool. You're trying to get women, you know, in particular, um, which, you know, and, and just because my girlfriend's the one that got me and I'm like, well, yeah, like, you know, more, more power to the women that are riding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so awesome. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. So, yeah. So that, that's a cool thing. I, you know, I, I, in some ways I think she regrets it just because of how, like, I've just gotten to be like a nut about this stuff. You know, it's like, I've got <laughs> two motorcycles in the garage, ride when I can, but I mean, she loves it. You know, she loves to ride and stuff. So it works out. It works out really cool. Yeah. Good. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. So um, I know I, I saw some of the the photos and stuff that you have on your Facebook page. Um, so you've done some amateur racing, right? So yeah. Maybe we talk about that a little bit. Sure. Um, <laughs> well, before racing, I um, I think I have to say I started track riding first, and sure. it was a year after I got my license, and uh, I met. Um, group of friends who are actually really good uh, friends now um, and part of the motorcycle family and they did track day so it was like oh what's track all about I want to experience it so I started with that and I did track for two years and um, of course you always just want to be better and faster and then I know a lot of instructors at the track days and I'm like hey how do I get faster like I want to go as fast as you guys But then they were like, you know, you're actually doing pretty well. Um, You take criticism really well and and whatnot. So you just have to get more seat time and uh, start racing. And next thing you know, I took my new racer school and I got my license and I passed. And then I've now been racing uh, for three years. Oh, wow. Uh, almost yeah two, I guess you could say two and a half years but I haven't done a full race season um, only because I mean racing takes a lot financially sure so this year was supposed to be the full race season unfortunately due to COVID it's sort of uh, wonky right now we're, we're not sure of the race schedule but uh, we'll yeah see. no I know it's really tough it was, it was kind of cool I'm, I'm Facebook friends with people who race in in Wera W-E-R-A yeah. Um, and they just had a race this past weekend down at, uh, I, I think it's Georgia Robling, Robling road raceway. I think, okay. I think it's Georgia. Yeah. So it's actually, so like, it's, it's funny. I saw that. I'm like, wow, racing is actually, it's officially back on, you know? And of course that's gonna, that's gonna vary state to state. I mean, you, you being in California, uh, it's probably a little stricter than like I'm in New York, you know, and things are still like a little bit locked down here. I think California is kind of the same, but I, I see states in the South and then, uh, like Moto America is going to be racing at, uh, in uh, Wisconsin end of this month. So it's starting, they're not going to have fans, but they're going to be racing. So like step by step, you know, it seems like things are loosening up a little bit. Yes. Yeah. That's what I heard. Um, we're actually starting up. Well, um, 
there's several races, race organizations here in California, and I'm actually racing end of this month at oh, CBA. Nice. So AFM, my home organization, we are still trying to figure that out. So I'll be racing at the end of this month. <laughs> nice, that's awesome. I'll have yep. to I'll have to start yeah following your your racing career and stuff. That's 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 really cool. I uh, I haven't made it onto the track yet. That's actually one of my goals for the season. And, you know, again, because of COVID-19, that my, my plans got a little, you know, sidetracked. In fact, this month I was supposed to, I was going to, I'm signed up for California Superbike School. So I was going to do the two-day camp, you know, and do levels one and two. But, you know, because everything going on, it's in New Jersey. And New Jersey, not quite bad as New York, but it's kind of locked down too. So they had to reschedule. So I am scheduled for August. But I'm just so jonesing to like try try getting on the track. So I think I'm gonna look for some track day organizations, you know, do some stuff like that beforehand. Oh, that'll be so awesome. I think you're gonna yeah. love it. It's yeah. if you if you like riding now, wait until you get on the track. It's a whole different it's a whole different animal. <laughs> I, I could believe it. I mean, you know, well it's it's actually interesting because last season uh, my girlfriend and I we went to um one of the Moto America races, the one in New Jersey Motorsports Park. And we had an opportunity, each of us had signed us up to ride on the back of a superbike. So Chris Ulrich, who runs Team Hammer with with his dad, and you know, he's got quite a few racers working for him in Moto America series. Uh, he's actually been doing this for years and years. It's part of the uh, the safety fence program that road racing world started basically to get air fences, you know, in all the different racetracks around the world, uh, or at least around the country. And, um, so they do for, for charity, you can sign up and you know, it's $500 a person. And he, you know, he takes you out on the back of Suzuki Superbike two laps, you know, at, at basically, you, you know, as, as close to racer racing speed you know, as he can get with a passenger and, you know, not wanting to risk the, uh, the passenger's life. <laughs> but, um, anyway, so I, I have been on a track, you know, that, that was awesome. So it was, uh, it was that, that just confirmed that, yeah, I need to get myself out on the track. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Wait, yeah. That I yeah. bet that was like a small taste of it, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 En enough of a teaser to be like, yeah, okay, this is good. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> you have all your gear and stuff ready. I'm um, I'm working on it. Um, it's actually been kind of cool, right? Because I, I do a, a number of different things with this podcast. Um, you know, it, it's kind of pretty broad spectrum, right? So I've I've interviewed Moto America racers. I interviewed Keith Code, uh, but I also do what I can to try to help new riders. You know, I'm I'm not new, but I'm fairly new, and I'm learning stuff still. And so I try to just help. You know, I, like I interview and talk to people just to help you know, educate my listeners and things like that. So anyway, so I've been talking in past episodes, you know, basically what I've got now is I got my race gloves, my boots, my helmet. I've gotten a rye helmet. I uh, still got to work on the leathers. I'm not quite, I, probably the first couple of times I'll rent or borrow because um, I haven't quite settled on what I want. But um, I guess from, from the photos I've seen, it seems like you're, you're pretty well outfitted, right, for your racing. I am. Um, speaking of leathers, you a lot of people have a misconception of that they need one piece leather. Yeah. So at least for here, I'm not sure about other places, but as long as you have a two piece that zips at the waist completely, then that also is okay. Yeah, I, I have seen that. I know certain tracks. I think it's limited. It, it depends. It depends on the track, because, like you said, the rules are different. But some, it's like you know, novice class, two pieces fine. Some tracks, novice, intermediate, it's fine. Uh, they're all pretty much you know, once you're 
you know, ex- expert level, you got to have the, the full, you know, one piece leathers on the whole thing. But no, but that, that is a good point, you know, especially for people that are just getting started because that, that's more practical, really like a two piece setup, you know, to wear on the street. You know, I'm, I'm like, I'm not likely to wear a one piece suit on the street. I think it looks a little bit overkill, <laughs> you know, but certainly right. You could wear a le- you know, leather jacket or something would be cool. Yeah. I, I'm guilty of that. I do wear my one piece on the street, but that's only, oh, that's, that's cool. I, I feel like if I don't wear a one piece or like real leathers from like top to bottom, then I I, I don't feel like a superwoman. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. I feel you know, like it's, I take turns or something. But I mean, yeah. It's interesting that you say that, and you know, maybe the thing too is the fact that you you have raced and you've been on the track. Like maybe once I do that. I'll have more of that mindset. I, I don't know. Like maybe part of it is like, I don't want to be a poser. You know what I mean? Like I haven't hit the track yet. It's like, oh, I'm not going to wear a one piece suit on the street, but I know I, I saw, uh, I don't know. It was a post recently, you know, Josh Heron, right. Who races superbikes in Moto America. Um, actually it was, yeah, it was a video on his YouTube channel where he, you know, took out his Suzuki, you know, street bike. And, and he said like, he was in his full leathers and he's like, if I don't wear my full leathers, I feel naked. Like I feel under, un, you know, underdressed. So it's kind of interesting. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I just want to take a little break here to let you know that this episode is brought to you in part by the following supporters of my podcast. Thumper Club member John Gardner, also known as G4, Parallel Twin Club members Shane Patilla and Jerry Vavaro, V-Twin Club members Richard Warfield Jr. of R-Dub Studios LLC and Harley Nemzer from the On the Road Again Motorcycle School, Triple Club member Aaron at The Motorcycle Rider, and V4 Club member John Del Vecchio from the Street Skills LLC Motorcycle Riding School and author of the book, Corner and Confidence. Gentlemen, thank you very much for your support. It is greatly needed and very much appreciated. If you would like to join these supporters to help grow my podcast and other motorcycle-related content and thus contribute to the growth of the sport of motorcycling, please stay tuned to the end of this episode or check out the podcast supporters link on my website. And now back to the show. Do, uh, ha- have you picked up any sponsors yet to kind of, you know, help either with your, your motorcycle gear or parts and stuff for your, for your bikes? Uh, yeah. So I, I've, um, sponsored by Michelin, um, t- for tires and, um, I, I'm just sort of still starting out, um, it's still in the process. I'm still new to the game in terms of like coming up with a resume and all that stuff. Um, yeah. But one of my good friend Oscar at Race Pace Motorsports, he's um, he's he's like my mechanic now, um, so he helps out with that. And then I just have um, other. I, I, I'm not gonna say anything now, but like there's other um, people I'm talking to currently. So so we'll see what happens. <laughs> Probably cool. cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stuff in the pipeline, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, so like the, the sponsorships that you have so far, is it just, cause I, I know I hear people talk about like racing resume, right? Basically, you know, it's like your, whatever, all the things you've raced in and your accomplishments and your podiums and whatever. So I guess in some cases it's just that simple. Like you just contact the manufacturer. It's like, Hey, here's my background, my race resume. Here's yeah. what I can do to help promote your product. And yes. then they, they say you yeah, your nay, I guess, right? Yeah, exact. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You just come up with the resume, and then you sort of showcase yourself and try to sell yourself. Um, and uh, hopefully, you know, he's trying to sign close that deal. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, you know, I mean, one one thing you'd got going in your favor. I mean, all you have to 
do is say I got 11,000 followers on Facebook. I I think right there, that's going to help. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully. I, I'm still, I'm in the process of finishing my resume, so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gotcha. I gotcha. Now, I think I had seen, if I'm not mistaken, your Facebook friends with Dave Moss, right? From Dave Moss Tuning? I am, yes. Ha, Dave ha, ha, have you met him in person? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's oh, actually cool. really a good friend of mine. And um, he's he's like the suspension guru. And I trust him with like everything. And if he's not there at a track day, I will like text him and be like, Dave. I need your help, like right now. Like, <laughs> Dude, what do I do, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's such he's such a nice guy. Oh my god, Dave. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I uh, I interviewed him actually a couple. I don't know, it was maybe ten episodes ago. Really, really good guy to talk to, and uh, he he had a lot of interesting things to say. So. Yeah. yeah, just and and he really opened my eyes to because it was kind of it was interesting. Like the the main reason I wanted to talk with him is you know I follow him on YouTube and I've seen all like his suspension setup videos, which fascinates me. And that was the main thing I was interested in. But as we got into talking about it, you we talked about that stuff. But then he also went a lot into just the ergonomics of the motorcycle and and getting everything set up properly for the rider. You know, handlebars, you know, handlebar position and angle and and all that kind of stuff, which I hadn't really thought of before you know how important that is in making the rider comfortable and you know getting the best performance out of the bike yeah yeah, exactly because i remember the first time i ever met him it was at a track day and you know he just sets up there and i i went to him and the first thing he noticed was like my my wrist position on the handlebar and he was like did you notice that this was not you know in a straight line and as a new writer, when I first started, it was like, I, I don't even think about this stuff. Yeah. You know, all you think about is like, how can I go faster? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly. And, and it's interesting because once you do have the ergonomics down and, and the basics, it, it just sort of all comes together. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he's definitely opened my eyes to a lot of like different aspects of the bikes, too. Oh, that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, he just seems so knowledgeable. Um you know everything i mean you know he races you know he's he's done all this bike setup stuff and he he just seems really good with people yes yes yeah, yeah. awesome awesome so how how did you learn to race like uh you know did did you go to like formal training classes did you just work with coaches at the tracks that you were at yeah. um i think it just all started with uh doing the tracks and then i got to into a habit of um I, I don't want to say abuse instructors, but I'm one of those. I, I was one of those like new writers who always asked for an instructor, uh, which I found really helpful. And I think more people should do that because they're there for you. And I mean, why not take advantage of that? So when I went to track days, I was just like every session, you know, you just sort of stick with one instructor or you can try different ones. Just depends on who's available. Yeah. And then I'll be like, oh, can you tow me around? Can you um, tell me what I'm doing wrong? And it, it's almost like you have to start with one thing, you know, because there's probably like 100 things that you need to work on, but you can't work on 100 things at once. Right. So just having that resource at, at the track day just made it so much easier. Um, I also got season passes. So last year or the year before, I was doing about uh, 20 track days. Wow. Give or take. Yeah, in one season. Um, and that was when I was like super committed and just going to the track almost every weekend. Um, 
and Carter's at the track does have um, Ken Hill days, um, and that's that's like a Carter school. Um, I haven't gotten the chance to do Yamaha school, champ school, or CSS, which is also mm-hmm. on the list. Um, but again, it's like you you take advantage of the resources you have, you know, because you know the school, the professional schools, they're a little bit pricey and and stuff. Yeah. So you do have to be able to budget like track days versus your skill level versus. Um, you know, like your, your financial priorities. So as a new writer, it's like, okay, well I can pay for track days and my skill level has not plateaued. There's so much I can work on before I get more training. I remember Dave Moss was one of my first instructors and he gave me so many things to think about. And then I think the following season I had him tow me around and, and he he like he was blown away by just how much more seat time I have, and you also have to start thinking about your um, your skill level, right? You can't always just have someone follow you and then not be able to practice that. Yeah, in any sport, in anything, you still need practice with guidance. But if you're always guiding, right. then it you know you just you won't be able to get it down. So I learned to um, get an instructor and practice that. And then once I feel like I, I'm pretty decent with that, then, you know, I go back. It's almost like getting your homework corrected by a teacher. <laughs> you know, sure. like, oh, did I do this right? Did I do this wrong? So, so yeah, so that got me to a point where I plateaued a little bit um, in terms of, okay, I think I can now pick it up a notch and where do I go from there? And my friends were like, well, your lines are pretty consistent. Um, it's, you know, pretty much the race line. All you have to do is just just get that edge, get that um, adrenaline. So that's when your your lap times are going to drop. Right. Okay. I think, I think for a beginner rider or a beginner racer, because it's not until you get to the pros where every millisecond or hundreds of a second would count. Yeah. You know, since we're not, since I'm personally not there yet. So, so yeah, that's how I also started racing. Wow. That is cool. What, what was, what was different for you or, or was there anything different? So, so when you're like, okay, good. So I love this track day stuff. I love, you know, riding on the track. Um, I want to do my first race. Like what, what were some of the obstacles or, or what was easy or difficult like about that transition? I think just, um, of course it, there's just so much more pressure. You never want to be the guy who messes up. <laughs> uh, yeah, of course. Um, but, but yeah, that's also the other thing. It's just like, it's, it's a whole new, it's just like when I first started track days, it's like you, what, what is the protocol, you know, like, what is the right thing to do and what's what's the not to do stuff but um i think just navigating through race day um was a bit challenging but i had like amazing friends who were are already racing um and you know as long as you sort of hang by them they sort of show you the ropes um i was actually also told told when you do the new racer school, they actually make suggestions. Um, You can actually volunteer as a corner worker and you can actually get to see how a race is run, you know, just Mm -hmm. to be 
familiarize yourself with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, more or less, just making sure you're getting in all the practices and the transition. And a lot of like my first race, it was like, what's next? What, what? Like, it, <laughs> I I that? wait, 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 when's my race? What race is this? <laughs> like, it was just yeah. so much to think about. But. Yeah, it's it's funny you mention that because I've run into that just as kind of like a spectator. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm a big Moto America fan, and I've been to a couple of the races live, and you know, I go and I, I you know, get track access and shoot photos and whatever. And and even just as someone watching, it's hard sometimes to keep track of everything. It's like, okay, these guys, okay, it's practice for them. Okay, good. Now qualifying. Oh wait, I got to get over there. You know, because they're going to start the race. So I can imagine as a racer, you know, it. it it steps it up just that much more, right? Because you gotta, you make sure the bike is ready, and you gotta be in your your gear and everything before you get out on the track. And there's gotta be like a lot of details, right, to keep track of. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially like as a new racer, you you don't have the support of a crew. Um, but it's it's very it's a very humbling experience where you just have to be on your game. Um, but it's also nice to just have friends who aren't. Um, racing that day or whatever or just your track buddies that are close um i had a um i I was lucky because my first race i didn't really have to worry about a lot of stuff Um, one of my good friend michael came with me and he was literally just helping me with the pit stuff you know like putting on tie warmers and just stuff making sure my tire um, pressure is right like that those little things it is just um, amazing how much you have to put into it because if you get off the track, you have to make sure your tire pressure is right. Right. And you have to make sure you are keeping that heat in those tires. But then like you're coming off the track as a racer and you're thinking about what you did wrong or what you can do. So, so just so much going to it. So I yeah. definitely recommend, you know, having someone come with you or just asking for help and all that stuff. But yeah, sure. very yeah, detailed. Do uh, do you have like a lot of mental checklists, kind of like pre-flight checklists, you know, before you start a start of a race? Okay, did I do this? Do this? Do this kind of thing? Um, yeah, I I think I I think I sort of get into a habit, um, checking the tires before putting on the warmers, hot tires, cold or hot pressures, cold pressures, and all that. Um, and then you sort of just have to sit back because sometimes if you think too much you know you become like your own worst enemy and you just overthink it Mm -hmm. fine so it's good to always just prepare as well um, whether that be writing down a checklist or just making sure it becomes habitual um but sometimes i do forget but then those are the times where you forget and then you never forget again. <laughs> <laughs> right. You just make that mistake once. Yep. I never get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. I go through like the basic, um, you know, gas and tire pressure and, and whatnot. Since, since I'm a new racer, I haven't really gone into that much into like my suspension tuning and like what little adjustment this would make and whatnot, since I have so much more to learn. Mm-hmm. But I would imagine, um, oh, I started to actually get into that though. Um, Oscar has been helping me with like ex- testing different tire pressures and, and whatnot. Um, so, so it's, it's like, it's like a baby steps. I think, I think you, there's no point in changing a lot or overdo things on the bike. If you don't, if you can't process the input, the bike is giving you. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. What um, What motorcycles have you raced so far? Um. Just two. I I bought a Kawasaki two fifty. Um. After I took my GSXR six hundred to the track. Um, I just wanted to get faster in corner, so I, I downgraded and bought a, a race bike that was already uh, ready. And then this year, I bought a Yamaha 300. So I'm going to be racing a 300 class, maybe for a year or two, and then hopefully hop on to the 400s. Oh, nice. Yeah, cool. that's the plan. <laughs> yeah, step by step makes sense. I mean, I, you know, I know it's it's kind of a common expression, right? That it's it's more fun to ride a slow bike fast than ride a fast bike slow, kind of thing. And uh, you know, I, I I'm friends with people who've been riding for years and years and years, and they do track days and the whole thing. And 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 some of them say it's like they have the most fun when they're on a bike like that. You know, two fifty or three hundred or something like that. Because um, you really, I, I you know, I guess you're testing your skills more and and you know you're more you, you have to be more careful in what you're doing when you're riding you know it's not as forgiving as when you're on a big powerful leader bike or something right and you kind of goof you goof the corner but you can make it up with the throttle kind yeah. of thing you know you don't have to worry about corner entry speed and carrying momentum and and all that kind of stuff so yeah, yeah. so i knew my corner speed was really bad um so that was one way that it teaches you because if, if you mess up your corner speed, there's there's no power to uh, get back on. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So it takes right. It takes the whole neck straightaway or something to get up to speed again. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What uh, What's the fastest you've ridden on the track? Down the straight. Um, I so so I I've I've um being on a smaller bike has taught me a lot more skill as a rider. So. I have brought my Jixer 600 back on the track to ride with my friends sometimes on track days. And I think now down the straight, I can probably get up to about 150, 160. Mm -hmm. Nice. Um, yeah, before the first corner. So that's probably the fastest I've gone. <laughs> okay. that, that is fast. Um, I mean, the, the, the fastest I've been on a bike was again the back of that super bike which i think he hit like 145 uh on, on the main straightaway but uh yeah my 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 bike you know like i, I ride on the street right now right uh -huh. but I, let, let's just say i haven't done that speed yet yeah <laughs> but i think my gearing is uh different too so i think when i'm i am when a reading does say like 160 i'm probably going like 150 but oh, but still that that is still that is fast as heck. That, that is fast as heck. Yeah, yeah. Um, do Do you ride on the street? Like, did you start riding on the street, or you just started yeah. riding? Nope. No, I started riding on the street for a year. Um, I uh, California, like where I live, there's just so many good roads. It's, yeah, it's amazing. Like, I, I I can't live without it now. Um, but I did start riding on the street, and that's how I got a little bit better but of course the street is also you know somewhat of a dangerous um could be a dangerous place to ride yeah. especially if you're trying to pick up speed or skill or whatever um but it definitely teaches you a different set of skills that you can't really learn on the track um for like focus um as well as like um reaction time yeah well there's, there's, situations in course. some ways yeah there's this 
in some ways more going on, right? There's more you have to be aware of, I guess, because, you know, things are potentially coming at you from all directions. Right. Where, where on a racetrack, everyone generally is going the same direction, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do, uh, <laughs> do, do you still ride on the street or is you mostly okay. just on the track? No, I, I don't think I can ever not ride on the street um, in the mountains. I have some friends who have just dedicated to just only riding on a track. But I feel like so I personally commute on my bike um, if there's no if there's um, traffic. Not not right now because it's like shelter in place. Yeah. But when there's um, traffic in the Bay Area, driving to work for me takes about an hour and it's ridiculous. So on the bike weaving, um, I don't like to call it weaving. Sorry. I like to call it lane splitting. There you go. The official, the official name. (laughs) Yeah. Safely. Quote to quote. Um, it takes about like 32 minutes. Wow. Yeah. So it's like, I, and, and just working all day and driving like stop, you know, stop traffic, it's makes me really tired. So I'd rather be on my bike and have the wind in my face, you know, and just like cruising between cars and just getting home without having my blood pressure rise because people can't ride. (laughs) I totally get it. Um, it, It's funny because my girlfriend, June and I, we were actually in California in February, you know, just a little vacation. And we, uh, we drove down Pacific coast highway from San Francisco down to San Diego in a car. We rented a car. We didn't have motorcycles, but, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I knew there was lane splitting in California, but I was like watching. I was like, wow, I'm really jealous. Like, because New York, you know, we're on Long Island, which is you know outside of New York City. Long Island itself is is pretty suburban, but you know, anytime you want to go any place, like you know, upstate New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, any place other than Long Island, you got to go through New York City. And there's just so much traffic. I mean, in in some ways, maybe not the same volume for the same distances but it's probably in some ways worse than you know like bay area and and you can't lane split and that that's so frustrating like especially in the summertime sitting on a motorcycle and you just like clutch in clutch out clutch in clutch out you know creeping along with the traffic and you know sometimes you lane split you could try to get away with it but there's not the way the roads are set up the 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 lanes aren't even really wide enough that you can do it safely and so yeah so that's cool california has that yeah, so I, I don't think I'd be able to ride in any other state if I can't lane split because part of lane splitting one, I feel like it's safer um, because people don't pay attention and then they, um, you've seen those pictures where like motorcycles get like knocked to the front because someone yeah. wasn't paying attention. Right. And two, if I can't lane split, then I might as well drive a car. You know, like it's going to be hot. You have and, your- and have air conditioning. Yep, yep. Yeah, exactly. But oh man, but it's interesting because California, before it actually became a law, it was just sort of like a a guideline. You know, just as long as you aren't doing anything stupid, it was okay. Cops never really pulled you over or anything. Which, which is really cool, and I think that's one thing. Like California, right, tends to be the most progressive, I think, right? When it comes to stuff like that. And then, you know, there's other states like New York, like, oh, California's doing it. I mean, with the exception of like lane splitting New York, I don't, I don't know that we'll ever get there. 
Um, there are other states now, like I think it's Utah just made it legal to lane split. I know Hawaii has certain, like you can, uh, what do they call it? Not lane split, but filter. Like you can ride, you know, I, I think if it's slow traffic, you can ride on the shoulder or something like that to get ahead of cars. So it's slowly it's coming. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully it comes for you guys. <laughs> yeah, that'd be really nice. I'd love it. I mean, I, you know, I don't know when when Gina and I, were out, and I were out in California. Part of the reason for the trip was to you know see all as much as we could because I'd been to California before. I love it. It's a beautiful state, you know. And we've I've said to her like, if we were ever gonna move, like it would probably be California. So I just wanted you know get her acclimated, see what areas she liked and whatnot. So yeah, it's definitely definitely a motorcycle friendly state. For sure. With all, with all the racetracks and all that kind of stuff. For sure, for sure. Which uh, which tracks have you ridden so far? So far, I have ridden Thunder Hill, Sonoma Raceway, which is a.k.a. Infineon, uh, Laguna Seca. Nice. And Chuckwalla down south. Okay, cool. Oh, Button Willow. Oh, okay, so five, nice. Yep. So what what what's it like uh, riding through the corkscrew? Um, I have always been in love with roller coasters. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, so when it, it's it's like almost that feeling because when you sort of turn the bike left and then it's almost that drop before you go to the right side. It, it's that small like where just time sort of stops. Mm-hmm. And it restarts after you make that fall. That little like millisecond of drop is is pretty pretty awesome. And if nice. you hit that turn just right, it is it's fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. I could I could imagine. I mean, I, I, it must feel so different. Like yeah. get it getting that right versus getting it wrong. Like yeah. in just in terms of how whatever how fluid it feels or how uh, yeah, yeah, the the, the rhythm of it right. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm jealous because I've I've raced I've raced that track I don't know how many hundreds of times in video games and stuff like that, <laughs> but uh, and and it's funny too because even just that you know and I'm talking about like on you know video game on a phone or you know maybe a console yeah. game or something you, you you get it's obviously not the same as the real thing but it it's the games are good enough you actually kind of get the sense of it you yeah. know? Uh, nice. so maybe yeah. maybe one of these days I get a chance to actually ride it. Yes, yes. You know, well, um, California Superbike School does it there. Okay, yeah, yeah. Actually, come to th- yeah. So let me think. August, yeah, it's actually going to be Jersey when when I do it with them in August. But yeah, that, maybe I have to look at that because I'm going to be doing level one and two. So maybe when I'm ready for three and four, I'll look at uh, when oh, they're out there. Yes, yes, it's a must. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, definitely on the bucket list. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, uh, so your race bike, you run the number seven twenty six, right? Any any particular significance to that? Uh yeah. So it's uh, my dad's birthday, July twenty sixth. Oh, um, cool. He passed away when I was young, so it's almost feel like he's like my guardian angel. Yeah, nice. And, and I always say to any rider um, that you should never ride as you should never ride faster than your guardian angel can fly. You know, when uh, yep. street. Um, or maybe even the track, you know, but always within control. Yeah, yeah, that's that. No, that's awesome. I love that. I love that thought. And that's that's a that's an awesome tribute to your dad too. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool, cool. Who uh, who did the artwork for your Facebook page? Like, you have a, a really cool kind of font and like your kind of logo. 
Yeah, I actually played around with it. Um, I was trying to find something um, when I actually started that page. I was like, oh, I think I actually need like a logo and like I need to make this official somehow. <laughs> so then I was just on a website like Wix. They have like a free design. So once you actually design something you like or they give you examples, then of course you pay for it and then you own the rights to that. Um, so I was just playing around with it one day and then it just sort of all came together. Cool. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a beautiful logo and I like the, uh, is it kind of like a dragon or a phoenix? Phoenix. Like the, red, the red phoenix, okay. Yeah. Nice, nice, yep. nice, yep. nice. Yeah, really phoenix. cool. Phoenix so, is definitely my, my animal. <laughs> uh, okay, nice. Yeah, so uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll put a link to your Facebook page in the, uh, the show notes for the podcast so people can find it easily. Perfect. Just another quick break to announce the new affiliates program. If you go to the affiliates page on my website, you will see the companies that I've partnered with to bring you some of the motorcycle gear and services that I use myself. Not only will you benefit from their products and services, but if you make a purchase using the links on this page, you'll also be helping to support the podcast financially. So I'd like to welcome these affiliates. Street Skills LLC, which provides the Corner and Confidence book and online course, if you purchase a course or course and book combination from my website, you'll also be listed as a supporter on my podcast supporters page as a Parallel Twin Club member. If you're already a podcast supporter, a portion of the purchase price will be credited towards your next support level. And I'd also like to welcome Bond Body Armor, which I've been using for a couple of years now. If you go to their website using the affiliate link, you'll get 10% off your entire purchase from their online store using the discount code they provide. Tell them you heard about Bond Body Armor from this podcast and get a free helmet liner. And now back to the last part of the show. And so you fairly recently started a YouTube channel, right? I did. There, and, yeah, I would say probably a month now, maybe okay. three. And I, th I think that's how I became aware of you. I'm trying to think because uh, I know I had I don't know I guess it popped up in my Facebook feed or something. I was like, oh, oh that, was a, that was a cool little video, and I, I think I think it was the one where you were kind of you know, introducing yourself and what you wanted to do with the channel and like you know getting you know getting new people into riding and helping women get riding and stuff. So I was like, wow, that, that's a that's a cool message. So uh, yeah. So anyway, so so your YouTube channel works. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Hopefully that that's my goal. Um, I did I started the YouTube channel. Um, just like you mentioned, to get more female writers in. And also the fact uh, of just sharing my journey. I feel like um, from being a new writer and just starting out in this sport, I didn't have any guidance. Um, all I knew is I wanted to ride. And all I knew was I need to get a bike and gear. And then I didn't know what else to do, like where to go or whatever. Um, so I'm hoping to to connect people in that sense uh, and sort of share my story because I'm pretty sure that's uh, a common question or situation that everyone goes through. I meet a lot of female writers now and it's a lot of times they tell me um, the same thing, you know, like just more information about gear being a female in a male dominant sport we don't have a lot of choices necessarily but now that there are more female writers we are getting more gear that's more towards female but there's no like description on it or there's no um 
reviews and whatnot. So I think that's one of the bigger things. And the other thing is like, what difference or what tip would benefit a female writer? Because, you know, a lot of guys are like, oh, okay, well, you should do this, this, this. And it's almost like the way I think about it is like snowboarding um, because I snowboard in the winter. um, And I remember having my guy friends teach me and I just couldn't really get it down. I'm just like, what? Like you just move forward or whatever and move your back leg and what whatnot. It wasn't until one of my really good friend um, from New Hampshire, she was like a pro skier and really good at snowboarding. She was like, well, for a female, it's more in your hips. So it's more of like shifting your hips left and right while your weight is in the front. So that is almost like the same as motorcycle because females don't have a lot of um, upper body strength, Um, just also body composition in terms of the muscle mass, um, female versus male. Not that we're weaker, but it's just how we're built originally. Of course, we can always train for it, um, Mm -hmm. but you know, a beginner writer is not going to like know to like, all right, I'm going to do upper body strength training just to right. ride this motorcycle. So, so it's, it's, um, just things like that where people are like, Oh, maybe should I do this or do that? And I get, um, actually females commenting that, that it's, it's very, um, how should I say it? It's very annoying when guys think they know everything and they're just trying to like mansplain it. Quote to yeah, quote. Man, mansplain. <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, mansplain that. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're like, well, I don't like that and stuff. So I was like, yeah, I totally understand. So hopefully, hopefully that will help in that sense. No, that, that's awesome. I mean, it, it's obvious that you, you got it figured out, right? I mean, you're, you're succeeding at what you set out to do. So obviously, you know, you, you found the right sources of information and the right people to work with and whatever. So I think, I think that's really cool that you want to make it easier, right? For the next woman that comes along, you know, yeah. so maybe that they don't have to jump through the same hurdles that you did. Yep. Yep. That's yeah. ultimate goal. <laughs> yeah. But by, by the way, I, I liked the little video you did of uh, what to do if you don't have PPE and you're going, you're going to the oh. supermarket. Yes. I thought that was, I thought that was cool. Yeah, I was just like, well, I mean, we have gear, so it's a helmet. It's technically a face covering, you know. So yeah, yep. right. yeah, because you had your full leathers, right? You had yeah. your full leathers on, the helmet, gloves, the whole deal. I did. I did a couple times. I forgot my uh, face mask going into like, uh, you know, buying food or whatever. And then I was just like, wait, technically my helmet's a face mask. <laughs> so then yeah. after the ride one day, I was just like. Oh, maybe I should just make a video, you know, trying to get on that TikTok craze, but it didn't go too far. <laughs> so, yeah, just uh, went to yeah, the, no. um, the supermarket and just, you know, did it. So it was, it yeah. was fun. It was fun. That's cool. Were, were you uh, like, how did people respond to it? Were you like thumbs up or getting weird looks or combination? I don't think I, I think they thought I was crazy. I, okay. So they I, just they just yeah. gave you distance. So I kind of <laughs> stay well, away. It wasn't that crazy, but it was just like. <laughs> All right, I'm just gonna go about my business. Right, right, right. right. Well, good. Well, on, so it was like hard to see like my profile without turning my head. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Well, at least you got to make your video without anyone, you know, interfering, right? Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. the easy part. Um, one of the things you had mentioned before was, you know, basically that the industry needing to have better support for women, you know, like in terms of gear and you know that kind of stuff. Are Are you familiar at all with the Women Riders World Relay? No, actually. I'm not. Um, 
so I'll 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 send you the the, the information and whatever. And actually, I. I interviewed the woman actually early. I started this podcast a little over a year ago, and she was one of the first people I interviewed, Haley Bell, who she she lives in England. But basically, she, I mean, she's like millennial. I think she's about 26 or something like that. Um, she's been riding motorcycles for a couple of years, loves it, want to help get, you know, women, more women involved. And and she was just frustrated with, you know, you know what do they call it? Pink it and shrink it. You know, like the, the problem that some manufacturers, right, they take you know, a gear designed for men and they just make it smaller. Like they just downsize it and make it pink. Right. And that's <laughs> supposed to make women's gear. And she's like, this is ridiculous. Like we need, you know, proper gear designed properly for the needs of women and whatever. So she started this, this woman riders world relay where basically uh, they, it's amazing. It's an amazing story. It's like they, they got women from all around the world to sign up, you know, women, motorcycle riders, and they took a baton from England, like all the way around the world. I'm sorry, Scotland, John O'Groat, Scotland, all the way around the world, you know, through the U.S. and whatever, and and back to Scotland. And part, a big part of it was just to raise awareness for women motorcyclists, and you know, to get uh, some attention from manufacturers so that they would start paying more attention, you know, to the needs of women riders. And from everything I've seen, it's been very successful. I mean, she was, you know, in the AMA magazine. She was in. Google Google actually did like a video featuring women riders world relay and whatever. So it was really cool because they use Google Maps, I guess, like to map out, you know, yeah. the, the whole thing. So anyway, you might you may want to hook up with with Haley Bell because uh, oh, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure you guys would really hit it off. Um, she's a really 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 cool lady, and uh, yeah, you just never huh? know. But uh, yeah, 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 for sure. Synergy. Yeah, come yeah. back to me. Uh huh. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Um, do you uh, get get a chance? Or do you you follow professional motorcycle racing at all? Um, I do. I have to admit and confess that I haven't been much lately, um, only because work is busy um, and whatnot. But when I do have time, yes. But what's your favorite series? <sighs> I would have to say MotoGP, but um, I like all of them too like world superbike as well as um, moto america so i'm actually um, starting to know more people in moto america so and plus it's just more personal and at home yep um, i'm actually also friends with tom sykes and world superbike so Oh, cool. That, that connection there. Um, same with Team Pettercini. So it's just, it's, um, I, I like it all different um, um, multitudes. So do like them all. Yeah, it, it is so tough, though. Like, I love them all, too. I mean, I even watch American Flat Track once in a while, but it's, it's just hard. I don't know. It's just hard. It's too much. It's like, it's like, it, it's kind of funny, too, right? Because we have this whole COVID 19 thing and the lockdown, and I'm like jonesing to see racing again. But then, like once it heats up, it's going to be like, I can't, I can't watch it all. I can't like even, you know, I record it like on the DVR and whatever, but it's just, it's just so hard to get the time to watch everything. So, you know, I do the best I can. Like I, I follow the standings and, you know, who won what race and, you know, who's where in the championship and whatever. But uh, I haven't, I've seen, well, last year was cool because I went to Circuit of the Americas. So I got to see MotoGP live, you know, with, with Moto America. I haven't seen World Superbike yet. So that's on the bucket list. Um, okay. I, I don't think... I don't think they're racing in the U. Well, at least the current the current calendar. I don't think they're racing in the U.S. this year because they usually race at uh, July. Oh, uh, are they race uh, Sonoma? Sonoma no, or is another track? 
Um, but yeah, I think there are just some issues this year only because Laguna is changing owners. I don't know if that's happening. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just politics. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, but, the, yep. po- the, the politics of motorcycle racing. No. <laughs> <laughs> anything. Yeah, no, that's true. Well, that's that's actually kind of funny that you say that because I've often said, you know, as soon as you get two or more people together, you have politics, right? Potentially. <laughs> um, so just out of curiosity, so, uh, you know, I know you, you mentioned some of the reasons, you know, for starting your social media and the YouTube channel, you know, to, to help, you know, women get into the sport and overcome some of the obstacles and things. Are there any other obstacles you didn't mention that you see, you know, things that you see that make it difficult for women to get involved or, you know, in, enjoy it to the level that they'd like to? Um, I think, I think just the biggest factor is just uh, not having the resources to be connected. Um, I actually recently just talked to a female on one of my rides um, at like a rest stop and she's always been interested in um, wanting to go to the track. Um, But I mean, motorcycle can be a very expensive sport uh, only because you know, you should wear gear and all that and just paying for a motorcycle and then living in the barrier, the living costs and everything's just sort of mixed together. And her, one of her, um, issue was like, how does she get to the track or what gear does she need or what bike? And, and just, I, I don't, I don't think there's a good, um, community. I think there's, there's just, so many different opinions I would have to say um and I think more for like a woman you know it's always nice to just hear from another woman's perspective sure um so just that I I think it's also the intimidation factor yeah um, which also brings it back to not knowing what to do so I my videos technically are based off of that. Um, my next one is actually going to be how to prep for a track. Um, what you need, like the minimal basic gear or supplies, equipment um, that's needed. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think um, there's probably other ones, but right now I'm also trying to figure this out too, <laughs> slowly. Sure, um, but 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 that I think that's good because that makes it it makes it real. Like you know, for 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 people who are watching your videos and whatever to know that you're you know you've gone through it or you're going through it, it's like not it's not unique to them, right? The whatever whatever problems they're running into, whatever obstacles or even whatever whatever fears they have, you know, I think that helps a lot too for someone to say, hey, you know, I do this thing and you know, sometimes this is scary or this is confusing. Like, don't don't yeah. feel bad. This is you know, everybody goes through this. It's just. Yeah. You know, and particularly for guys, I guess, right? You, you tend to brush that on. It's like, nah, nah. It's like, uh, I was right. always, I was always awesome at this. I never, I never had any doubts or you know, had any fears or anything. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's also because um, sometimes guys can be intimidating, um, only because yeah. they're like, oh no, 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 you don't need it, you don't need that, or or whatever. Um, and that's not always correct or accurate. Um, 
for example, I was actually talking to her more in depth and she was like, well, yeah, you know, I, until I go to the track, I, I eventually want to like be one of those like me draggers and stuff. And my friend who's sort of just started writing, he was telling me that I need to, um, you know, you know, that pose where you're like pushing the bike away and your head is supposedly like next to your elbow, like the racer knee drag pose. Right. And what she was telling me was actually not accurate. Um, what her friends telling her to do. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, the other thing that frustrates me most was when I was starting, um, I wish someone had told me some tips and the right tips, not just like tips that they think, um, is accurate because when I started track writing, I had to literally, um, erase everything I learned. Um, you just have to relearn it. Um, so like, I remember Dave Moss telling me to like, get the Scooby snack, you know, it's not all about like, um, trying to like force your knee down or anything like that, but you just have to have the right, uh, you know, it goes back to your body mechanics and ergonomics and whatnot. Right. So, um, so, so I guess kind of like, right. The, the, the knee that, you know, you drag the knee when everything is, else is put together right it's like the it's not that dragging your knee is the goal it's like it's like getting good enough on the bike that you just drag your knee because you're just good that good at turning yeah yeah and and i was telling her like if she practiced that wrong then it could be dangerous too because then if you lean your bike way too far over then you can totally wash out and and just you know yeah yeah there's on that so yeah, um, one, of, one of the guys I interviewed also, Todd McNabney from Heroic Racing Apparel, you know, he's got a line of custom, you know, leather race suits and he, he has his own uh, design of motorcycle gloves and stuff like that. It, when I interviewed him, he told a story about a young racer, you know, he didn't give the name, but a young racer he was working with, he put a suit together for, and he said the kid was upset with him because he refused to put an elbow, elbow sliders on the suit. Um, and, and so the story was much later, a couple months later, the kid talked to him again and said, Hey, you know, I'm really, now I I understand why you didn't want to put elbow sliders on my suit. He's like, I get it now. It's like, you you wanted me to focus on being a good racer and developing my technique and not worrying about getting my elbow down. And, And he was like, bingo, exactly. Now, you know, now you got it. So exactly. It's, it's almost like. It, yeah, it's just like a kid getting mad at a parent because they're not letting you do something. But in the long term, you realize that it's probably going to be better. <laughs> there, there's some, there was some wisdom behind it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, listen, uh, this, is, this has been a ton of fun. I really appreciate you joining me tonight. Before we wind it down, is there anything else you wanted to discuss or, or go over or any, uh, you know, anything you want to share with the listeners? Um, I, 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 not, not too much. I mean, just, I know that some states don't have a helmet or gear requirement. Um, I, I'm baffled by that. I feel like I personally say I like to sweat rather than bleed. Mm, Good. I like that. Yeah, and uh, road rash does not look good. I am a nurse, so I I don't like to see patients in my clinic. I do wound care, so what's the irony in that? <laughs> right, yep. I, I've had like a couple of patients come in and they just have bad road rash because they didn't have gear on. They're just like, well, I'm going to the store, and I'm just like, 
well, isn't it statistics where it said that most accidents happen right within like your your house or something? Yeah. Something like that. So so yeah, I'm I'm a very big advocate for wearing gear all the time. And there's um, a common saying where it's a uh, all the gear all the time. Right. Yep. So I'm. Yeah, so wear your gear, okay, you guys. <laughs> awesome, awesome message, awesome message. So. Um, and if uh, if people want to reach you, what's the best? Just contact you on your Facebook page. Um, actually, Instagram. Um, my Facebook. I'm still trying to get used to like the whole page and messaging system, but I'm actually very receptive on Instagram. It's just Miyoko Moto. My name is spelled weird. It's with a U on, um, between Miyoko M I Y O U K O and Moto. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, I'll I'll put a link to the Instagram page also in the in the the podcast notes. This way, people can find it easily. Perfect. Thank you so much, Chris. All right. Awesome. My pleasure. So, Miyoko, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, like I said, it's been a ton of fun. If you'd like to do it again sometime, you know, by all means, we could uh, you could tell us more about your racing, and who knows, maybe I will have made it onto the track by then. Yes, that's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll send you that stuff too for Women Riders World Relay and and whatnot. Perfect. You're fabulous. Thank you so cool, much. Cool. Yeah, my pleasure. So if you want to just hang tight, I'm going to stop the recording and we could just chat briefly if you want. Perfect. All right. Good night. Bye. If you'd like to find out more about my podcast or find the earlier podcast episodes, just point your web browser to so you want to ride a motorcycle.com or find the link in the show notes included with this episode in your podcast app. If you have any questions about the show or the topics discussed, or if you want to send me feedback, you can email me anytime at soyouwantaride at yahoo.com. That address is also in the podcast notes. You can also follow me on Facebook and Instagram, where I share lots of links to other people's motorcycle articles and video content, as well as providing a lot of my own motorcycle-related photos and content. Just search for So You Want to Ride or find the links on my website or, again, in the podcast notes. There are two big ways you can help support the show. One is free and one is paid. If you'd like to help support the podcast financially, you can donate using PayPal by going to paypal.me slash Christopher or just click the donate link at the upper right on my website. I also now have a podcast supporters page on the website, which lists all of the listeners who are supporting the podcast. Total donations of $5 to $9 will make you a member of the Thumper Club, where I will list your name and any social media links that you want to provide. Donations of $10 and up will make you a member of one of the other clubs where I'll include your photo and biography as well as any links you want to provide. Any commercial organization that would like to support the podcast to help promote their products and services can contact me directly for the available options. All donations will be put to very good use to cover operating expenses and to help promote and expand the podcast. Anything you care to donate will be greatly appreciated. The free way to help is just help me spread the word so we can continue to grow my online and listener communities. So please share the link to my podcast and my social media with family, friends, and coworkers. And also, please leave me a rating and some comments on iTunes and any other place where you can leave feedback or mention the show. As always, thank you for listening. And just remember, whatever you do, it's always time to ride. (laughs) 